Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Welcome back to part six of this beautiful series to teach you everything that you need to know to set up an online fitness business. I am joined with Alex today. Alex, thank you for the amazing architecture of this series. I think it has been um, geniusly designed, taking people from zero to hero with online fitness business. And I think, I mean, stay locked in, people, because... Coming probably just at the start of the new year will be the big launch episode where we give you kind of a checklist you need before you really start launching your offering and sending it that out there into the world. And then kind of, well, one aspect of that is qualifications. Um, it's something that I think everyone's head immediately goes to when they become a personal trainer, um, you know, especially in, in person because you need to get like level three, you need to get all of that done. Um, and online, it functions slightly differently because there are actually less requirements and we're going to dive into that. Um, but today we're going to be talking about all the benefits of different qualifications where I think people waste a lot of money with qualifications um, and some other little wrinkles about what qualifications you might need to make your online business pop. Absolutely. So I think the the first thing to say is, and bear in mind, we are in the UK, the level three that Alex mentioned there is the, um, the, the, minimum level qualification that you need to be insurable to train people in person in the uk but there will be an equivalent in the us now or australia or anywhere australia. oh that's true there's not just those two countries in the world but uh, <laughs> but yeah oh. the, the 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 fundamental thing here is and it sounds stupid but we need to be clear on this is have a purpose for whatever qualification that you do because these things aren't free and they take a lot of time to do and sometimes they take a lot of study, even if they're a bit facile in what they are. There's a lot of hoop jumping. So we want to be really clear on why are you doing it and why does your client care? Yeah. So, yes, there, if you are doing in-person training, you likely will need a minimum level safety qualification to show that, one, you're not a sex predator, and two, that you can safely train people. It's only about the legal and insurable aspect of it. Your client doesn't care whether you're NVQ level three, Groupon, Kettlebell level 42. Like it's all. Although if you are Groupon level 43, that's when the real money starts coming in. But yeah. Once you hit that, <laughs> the, the money just flows in. So the, the whole, all of the marketing stuff, anything that gets you to be attractive to your client, that that's about, relationship building that's about how you are perceived online and the letters after your name have very little to do with that um so if you're learning something that is outside of um what what you need to be the legal minimum then you should be doing it either for your personal pride for your personal reading 
or because it's required to work in a certain place. No, you know, no. maybe maybe the facility that you're working in requires it. So I think that's where we need to start. Anything to add on that, Alex? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think the so PT level three, which is that we're just going to refer to level three as that. That's the baseline in England, as Yusuf said, and we're just going to refer to that throughout this. Whatever your equivalent is, your your own country, I'm sure you know. Whatever that is, we'll call it level three. And so level three, I think, is. As you said, it's just about getting insured. And, you know, I did it. I worked in a gym um, for a couple of years. And what I learned at level three had nothing to do with what I did on the gym floor. Like, they are completely disconnected. There was, you know, I mean, in level three, you learn a lot about the bones and the different types of muscles. And I haven't met anyone apart from maybe like bodybuilders that actually really care, or maybe some athletes that care about like, your, you know, the different glutes and how to train specific parts of the glute and the glute mead and glute min. And like, they're words that I think a lot of personal trainers hide behind to appear expert or to feel expert. Um, but in terms of, well, one, providing a good service to your client, I mean, they, they just don't care. It probably does help that you know some of these things if they're experiencing pain. But again, level three doesn't require, it doesn't um, teach you to be medically helpful. So it gives you this bizarre like ego of like, oh yes, no, they're having pain in the blah, blah, blah. Let me, let's stretch that to uh, release the piriformis. And it's just like, you don't know as a level three qualified person, <laughs> you're not yeah. a medical professional. Yusuf, you are a medical professional. Can you talk to this a little bit? So, so actually, yeah, I, I did my level three sports massage qualification um, a few years ago. And yeah, there's, there's a anatomy and physiology section to it that was basically straight out of like a 1980s um, bodybuilding encyclopedia. Like it was, there was so much outdated and just wrong stuff in there. And I'm sure anyone who's done the the PT qualification as a kind of a hoop to jump through, but they've done their own reading first, will have will have seen it and been like, oh my god, bloody hell! Like what is what is this? But it's just that these things aren't updated because there's no reason for them to be. Um, so yes, they're they're old, they're inaccurate, they're outdated. And if they were all that you used as the information to coach your clients with, you would come out a terrible trainer. I'm, I'm sorry, that's a bit of a I, I did. You, <laughs> I did. You did. <laughs> I did come out as a terrible trainer. I was awful the first while I was doing it. Well, the, the, this is a problem because they, um, they market it as like, oh, once you've got this, that's it, you, you're good to go. And I think that's almost dangerous in a sense that it absolves people of the responsibility of doing their own learning and taking taking their their learning into their own hands to maximize the client experience and make sure that the client gets the best result that they can so yes of course you have to be safe but like the i'm not even sure, i'm not even convinced that the the basic qualification makes you safe, but it makes you insurable, which is kind of what matters practically. Now, one of the really common questions we get from people wanting to work online is, oh, well, I haven't got the PT level three. Can I coach people online? Now, weirdly, the answer is yes. If you have liability insurance, as long as you're covered for that and you, you still go through the precautions of making people take a uh, fill in a park you and see their GP first. Often GPs now actually are saying we can't take that responsibility. You, you know, they, they put it back on the trainer, but 
um, you can certainly you can certainly ask. The once you've got those in place, you can coach people online. Um, so it, it's a different skill set and it's a different approach, but that's that's the answer to to that question. Now, the overarching theme and the over the overall thing that you're the overall value that you're giving to your clients online is information, accountability, and objectivity. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about the subset of things that you would go through with your with your clients and some of the skills that you need to teach them, many of which don't overlap with the PT qualification. Um, now, I know you were saying, Alex, before about if you have someone who is working with a, sub, a specialized population that there's almost no overlap between what they learn in the qualification and what you would need to get that person a result. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It was, so my experience with doing level three was like, it was fine. It's very easy. I think if you don't find it easy, that's doesn't mean you can't be a good trainer. It means you're not good at learning body parts, which is fine. Cause that's nothing to do with being a, well, obviously you need to know what a leg is and an arm but like if you've got beyond that point you know it's it's a lot of memorizing stuff that's not even true as well, that we, well as you discussed so from what from what i've seen of the um the mcq paper for level three it was like what position should the tongue be in a um swiss ball crunch <laughs> and which brand of these fixed barbells should you use for 21 you know 21s with curls where you do partial reps at the top and but you're like what like who's come up with this like it's absolute um 1980s pe teacher i so 1980s pe teacher Uh, that's like actually i think the person who taught me was a 1980s pe teacher (laughs) (laughs) straight up time traveled to tell me um about star socks but yeah i mean and in relation to like, yeah, as soon as you get into any kind of specialized population, which is everyone, because everyone's a specific kind of person, just the knowledge itself that's that's in that in that level three is just not gonna, really going to help you at all. Like, it's much lower grade than anything that someone can Google, really. Um, it's also like, I think it just it also just makes people very confident for no real real reason. I think that's a really that's interesting point that, you mentioned before of people trying to throw out anatomical terms to sound smart yeah and actually using terms that your audience don't understand is not it's not it's not like a shortcut to sounding smart it's just a a way to hide behind what well, concept that you i don't think it's, i mean i know you have experience with this but it's the same thing that like a lot of mechanics will do is that there's a there's a gap or a perceived gap in like knowledge of the problem which is you know when, how, to, how to fix a car when you say I've I've got experience with this, are you referring to me trying to get my headlight replaced and them telling me like, oh, well, you, you're out of headlight fluid, so you're going to... Um, uh, I'd just be like, oh, okay. Um, fair enough, that must be a thing. Exactly. And then that's what kind of throwing out anatomical terms is, I think, from a, a personal trainer's perspective. Or, or, you know, throwing out like advanced methodologies and like, oh, oh yeah, no, what you need, mate, is some blood occlusion training. And it's like there's someone who's just started lifting weights and has no... <laughs> It's my favourite thing to see when you've got you've got a PT who's working with like fifty two year old Margaret and he's got her doing like daily undulating periodization box jump depth depth rebound superset with power cleans and you're like whoa what what are you doing like just because you like that stuff doesn't mean that little old Margaret here 
can tolerate this kind of training. Well, and I, I think that's that's actually a very key thing to just general when in terms of the relationship you have with a client. A client is coming to you to solve a problem, not to be as excited about fitness as you are. They, they just aren't. Like, they're, they're not going to be. So trying to address them as if they're just you, uh, like you being like, oh, yeah, oh, but I love all this training stuff. And, oh, this is the best way to, you know, maximize this and blah, blah, blah. They don't care because they're not personal trainers. They've hired you because they don't have that passion and understanding and they just want a problem solved. Exactly. And then, like, I think this is where online it can start to look incredibly different the way you coach people. And we, we, me, me and Johnny talked about this in the last episode about coaching, but the, the service you deliver online is very different to the one that you might do in person as like a one-to-one personal trainer. And I think understanding that the qualifications that you do are, one, they're not even that good for in-person personal training, but two, they're probably even worse for offline personal training um, because they yeah. don't talk to you about how to like, a lot of it's, you know, a lot of the safety stuff is around how to not be liable in person. So the level three PT is about being safe when training someone in person. Online, you're not well. If you follow our advice, you're not really doing live training sessions anyways. So it's more about um, understanding how to teach cues effectively when you're not there. Um, understanding how to explain exercises properly or understanding how to structure workouts around someone's actual lifestyle, not just like Jennifer in the textbook but, you know, like an actual human being that lives in the world. Um, I think that's where qualifications miss a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And as cynical as I as we both probably sound at the minute, um, I would see the PT qualification that you need to do, whether it's the NASM in the US or the, the um, like active IQ level three or whatever in, over here. It's the hoop that you need to jump through. It's the box to tick, but it should not be the foundation of your knowledge yeah um you're probably even better off doing your own learning first which i mean if you're listening to this podcast you most likely are pretty good at your craft already and then when you when you have this new information you have a framework to contextualize it and be like ah that's correct that's bullshit that's right that's not and you know you're not just kind of because when you're learning anything new it's very difficult to tell what's what's real and what's not and you take everything for gospel because it's an official body that's telling you this stuff so that's the first point to be clear that this qualification alone is not what's going to make you a good a good pt even from a competitive advantage perspective if that's all you have imagine how many other trainers there are in the industry why would someone pick you well i'd say like 90 percent of people who call themselves a personal trainer have level three or the equivalent of wherever they are. So it's not a differentiator anyways. It's just like a baseline. Um, and 90% have level three plus other things. So if you yeah. if you have just that, you're in the bottom 5% well, or whatever. You're in the bottom 5% if you don't have anything else that qualifies you to be an authority, you know? Um, because a piece of paper is just a piece of paper. I know it's like, oh yeah, oh, anti-education and establishment. No, I mean, I did a master's at Ivy League University. I think education's awesome. But the piece of paper itself is not a proof of worth. Um, and I think why we want to talk about qualifications today is not only in terms of like paper formal qualifications you can get, but like what actually qualifies you, you know, to get over that imposter syndrome or that you might have and to say, I'm actually worth something. I'm actually worth being able to teach someone something. And, you know, that's that's where I think qualifications opens up. And I think where you can start looking at it from a different angle. 
is that this piece of paper doesn't mean anything, but all the stuff you have to do to get to it might mean something in the context of you being able to step up and say, actually, I can really help you solve your problem, Mr. or Mrs. Client. Mrs. Margaret, yeah, th- yeah. This, is, this is the key. It's how does what you're doing fit into making you more hireable as a PT, whether it's being able to get results for your clients, whether it's being better at marketing yourself, or if it's being more credible as a as a trainer. So either of those things, so I, I you know, I've, my medical degree doesn't make me better at getting results for clients necessarily. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not directly. Yeah. It was all the pre-reading and everything, all the contextualizing around that, that's, that's complemented it. And um, obviously the foundation in physiology at, at that level has been super helpful, but it's quite useful for credibility and marketing. Yes. Um, so whereas if I'd, if I'd gone and done a degree in strength and conditioning, that would have been better for getting results for clients, arguably, but maybe less good for marketing. So it's about finding that balance. Well, and then so, as, as you said at the start, always understanding why you're doing that qualification. Like, is it, is it to strengthen your knowledge base or is it to position yourself favorably in a certain marketplace? Or is it because you think it will position you favorably? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, is it because you think it will position you favorably or is it because the person who's selling you the pro, like the, the nutrition program or whatever program says that people, oh yeah, no, all of our, all of our, you know, piece of paper qualified coaches are so much more, you know, they're great authorities and you can, I mean, maybe that works for people that are within the know and that understand that something's thorough. Like, for example, why is a doctor better than a strength and conditioning? To most people, it's because doctors are far more respected in society than strength and conditioning coaches. Even I'm though to get someone strong, I yeah. wouldn't trust my GP to, oh, yeah. to get someone. But um, at the same time, like, yeah, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have been able to motivate myself through seven years of, of medical training to, to do it just for the the PR and just for the marketing. Just for the gains. <laughs> Could have just put doctor in front of my my Twitter handle and. That's the no hack. Check. That's anyone listening. Well, that's yeah, the thing. Just, like no, I don't think anyone's ever looked at a Twitter profile and looked at a medical registry. Well, may, maybe they have, but <laughs> not that, many. That's people. a very good point. <laughs> so, what you were saying about anatomy and physiology? Yeah, I can having seen both sides of the horse's bum i can i've just made that expression up um i can say that you really are not serving yourself well by trying to learn anatomy and physiology from a basic level pt course if you want to learn this stuff and you're doing it for your own pride and for your own ability to um to to create content around and get results for your clients then get a basic anatomy physiology textbook the one that i find is the clearest and most in detail is Tortora and Derrickson. And funnily enough, I spoke to a couple of people recently who we work with and said that they, they'd actually bought this um, to try and get a handle on it. It is pretty hefty, but it's a great one. And you can get it on PDF, so you can you can search through it digitally as well. Another thing you can do is sign up for a research review. Particularly, so Alan Aragon has a good one, Helms and Greg Knuckles have a good one. Yep. They're all like five or ten dollars a month, and you get access to the latest in strength and conditioning. Um, the other thing that we've not kind of covered really is that 
experience and your clients are the best teacher. Yes. Quite often, not quite often, 90% of the stuff and the questions that you get from clients are not really to do with, oh, what? how is leucine metabolized? Or, excuse me, what's it? It's, I'm struggling to make it to the gym because I had to pick my kids up from from school and then I, I was working late and it's all adherence behavior related stuff yes and that's the kind of thing you're not going to pick up from any qualification no exactly i think you have to have experience with the population you're looking to serve or with any population if you have no experience with any population and i think i mean this this series is about how to start your online fitness business i mean part of it is just by like you actually have to just put some stuff out there and try and get some experience like a lot of people will well either hide behind or you know they'll hide behind the need to be qualified in order to start doing things and start trying to teach people when actually most of the teachings and most of the wisdom you gain i mean you know some of it's from really good sources and textbooks but a lot of it is through actually doing it and experiencing what your client population or what your niche um actually goes through on the day-to-day and i mean you know you look at the propane protocol which is you know the propane fitness product and that is a decade of faq's from different clients you know owned over time again and again and like different versions created so that every question is answered and the, and the common mistakes are kind of adjusted for and you know you, you can start out with a plan and it can be great for the textbook but life this is fucking cheesy life isn't a textbook man <laughs> life isn't a damn textbook um no, but like it's it's not so you know understanding that, that actually most of your value from a coach perspective doesn't come from the textbook side of things but from those lived experiences or also just your ability to empathize with other people and to create as you said yusuf adherence to a, a structure that is scientifically backed yeah and the, there is a tendency with people who are pts and people who are in the mindset of qualifications and credibility and all this to think in those terms and actually the qualifications don't matter to a lot of people to a lot of people who are your clients like think of james smith who's the um a great example because he's he's just got his his group on level three pt qualification and nothing else but it doesn't matter because his client group are not interested in the letters after his name they like him because of who he is and because of the persona that he um that, that he gets across and he's clearly done his own reading and created a system around that so sometimes someone doesn't want this like person at the top of this academic mountain they want someone who they can relate to and they'd be like ah this person speaks to me at my level so some of the skills that would be worth looking into and worth developing an ability to teach that and to to nurture someone through your coaching would be these these are just a few examples so exercise technique Mm-hmm. And a quick way to do that is to just spend a day filming you going through all of your exercises in your programs, just 20 second videos, batch them all together, store it in your members area. You've got it sorted. Then anytime anyone has a question about exercise technique, rather than send them a random YouTube link of Scott Herman doing it, um, it can be <laughs> it, it can just be you talking through it. Second one is tracking. How to track their macros or how to track their training and giving them a system that makes it easy for them to do it and for you to see it then progressing exercise so how to make sure that they're getting stronger or better or faster 
each week. And that also applies to diet, how to beat diet plateaus if they're um, if they're struggling with social events or all these kind of real life things that are not biochemical processes that they're just behavioral walls that people are hitting. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's massive. And I think to even like move away from just like personal training, just like diet and strength, like if you're a sports coach or if you're, you know, we, we have quite a few people working with us as coaches who are maybe doing, I don't know, like skipping, gymnastics, swimming, all of these kind of things, um, you know, understanding, you know, then again, like the PT level three is not going to do anything for that, clearly, or even like a swimming qualification. You know, it's about understanding the coaching cues. And I think, you know, as you said, exercise demonstration, the coaching cues, how to track progress, you know, not necessarily from like a, just the, the weight on the bar standpoint, but from like, maybe if it's flexibility or maybe if it's, it's a different yoga poses, but, you know, understanding what the journey of progression looks like for your client and understanding the sticking points within that journey and really empathizing with what that can be for different people and the excuses that different people make, um, as to why they don't achieve it and you know where you can move the bar with that when's the best time to kind of check in and reset with people um and really like a lot of it i mean we've said it already is it's the kind of a psychological side of things so maybe reading some books on psychology um you know and that's not going to give you know no one's gonna be like oh you read freud yes please help me grow my biceps no one's gonna do that but it actually might help you in terms of you know when someone I mean, I think we, we've all had this experience when a client's got an excuse and it's like the excuse is probably never actually the reason or it might be the reason. But like if you can kind of have read some psychology and, you know, not become a psychologist, it's not about professing to be a psychologist or an expert in like sports, you know, mentality and stuff like that. But just having some of that learning to kind of lean on, I think is very helpful, you know even just the understanding that most of the time people's first excuse or reason why they're not doing something is not the actual reason. You're not going to get that from a PT qualification, but that's going to prove invaluable in you trying to understand the mindset of your clients in trying to unpick and then try to help them and direct them to the, the kind of real answer, you know, Does that makes sense. Yeah. If, if you can tap into what motivates someone, what makes them scared, what are the excuses that they tell people because it's a more acceptable excuse than, you know, oh, it's too tired to go to the gym. That's an easier thing than to say, I was actually afraid of becoming a, I was afraid of success because it means that it, it changes how I perceive myself as a person. That's a bit more of a, a deep, scary thing to admit. Yeah. So having some understanding of that and yeah, some of it's going to come from working with multiple clients. Some of it's going to come from uh, reading formal psychology but it's all it's all going to help if you can bring it into a um a system and you're pulling in on drawing in from these different areas of knowledge now sometimes someone doesn't um you know i was saying before that people don't look for the qualifications necessarily they don't even need you to try and pretend that you know everything they just want an accountability partner they want someone to report to and who is just a chapter ahead and can say, yep, here's where I went wrong with this and here's what might help. Or, I don't know, let's explore this together. And people saying, I don't know, is a very rare, it's a very rare thing in a lot of industries. Um, I think I'm quite lucky that in medicine, surprisingly, you you get a lot of, um, like the, the more senior someone is, the more someone will say, 
do you know what? I'm not sure, or I don't know, because there's a, there's actually a legal ramification if they say something <laughs> outside of their area, and it's wrong. So people are very quick and ready to say, don't know, not sure. Um, you should see this guy, or you should read this. We, you know, and that's that encourages a lot more honest flow of information too. So the final few skills, or things to teach one of them is accountability and you kind of you mentioned that before like having a set cadence and teaching people a way to have a weekly check-in and realize that maybe because they blew their diet on tuesday doesn't mean that the whole week is screwed um because they had a slice of cake it doesn't mean they have to have the whole the whole cake nutritional knowledge so some basic um stuff about nutrition about managing their hunger about what um what macros what different macros do in their body is stuff that again, again this is in the context of a specific goal of a client with that specific goal you know i mean nutrition management is obviously going to be for most people that have any kind of weight-based goal or any performance-based goal uh with sports but i think just sorry i didn't mean to cut across there but understanding that this knowledge is not for everyone who's coaching anyone in anything um, yeah and that, that's a good point not to kind of force this information on clients we, we've worked with a few people that they've done like the menno henselman's qualification and they they try and like stuff the information they've learned down the throats of their clients and they're often they're like oh I, I don't know man i don't care because it's it's not relevant to them um you mentioned about sports as well i should probably say that we're not saying that all sport qualifications are are useless it's more that you just have to have a point for them so if I want, if I'm hiring a yoga teacher, yes, I, I would love if they've gone and studied under Sri Ananda, uh, in, in India for six weeks and, or six months. And they've like, you know, fully gone deep and they, great. Like that, that makes sense to me as a client rather than someone who's made it up because anyone can make up a yoga flow, but that doesn't mean that they'd be a good yoga teacher. No, exactly. I, I think, well, yeah, and when we talk about like what qualified looks like, I think as well as, you know, formal qualifications, like having done it yourself and that kind of the Sri one, there's kind of a, a, a midline of like they've practiced under one of the greats or, you know, I mean, that's going to pop like if, for example, you were trying to coach sprinters and you'd been taught by Usain Bolt, that's going to have more clout in the eyes of your clients than you ever doing any qualification at any university and i know that like you triggered quite a few people on twitter the other day by talking about bench press <laughs> and, like why the hell would you let someone strength coach you who can't bench 140 it, so i actually only said 100 and it still pissed people <laughs> off i was gonna write 140 and i was like oh maybe that's setting the bar a bit high maybe it alienates people so i'll i'll say two plates and people still kicked off <laughs> and people kick off because i think like, it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword of, like, someone could theoretically teach you something if they hadn't done it before. But from a consumer perspective, why the fuck would you... Why would you go with them? Why wouldn't you go with the person who's got the qualification and has done it? Why would you... You would always choose that person unless they're, like, it. egregiously more expensive or... Like, it just... As much as people who kind of haven't walked the walk want to justify why their knowledge is valid and it is valid like it is knowledge and you, you can pass it on but it's just it's not going to be the same as someone who who's not done it 
Like it, it's it, or someone who has done it. It's just, you just don't get the the lived experience and the lived difficulties of trying to achieve a goal. Like if it was just information that people needed, coaches wouldn't fucking exist. It would just be textbooks. So, <laughs> so funnily uh, enough, this this is the topic of my YouTube video this week. Oh. I don't know if you've seen it already, but it's, it's called Fat Personal Trainers. <laughs> and it is about this this thing, which is that a fat personal trainer may well have the knowledge to get someone shredded. And, you know, your body type is your personal choice. That's There's no judgment there. You, you know, that's your freedom. But from a PR perspective, from a marketing perspective, you can't really expect to be taken seriously. Yeah, <laughs> you won't. And then, like... That's the thing is that you you probably could be taken seriously if you hid behind qualifications, but you, but who's going to be taken more seriously? The person who has some qualifications and has done it, or the person who has tons of qualification and hasn't? I mean that that's just exactly. There's, there's two extremes, and you know I think people on Twitter they assume that because I'm saying all shoes are leather, that means all leather is shoes. That's not the case. <laughs> that um, that they're like oh well, so does that mean every like the big guy in the gym can is now qualified to coach? high school athlete like well or olympic athletes you're like well no like it, instagram influencers make um they get a lot of inquiries for oh teach me how to get abs like you it doesn't mean that they're a qualified trainer it just means that they've they look good and people assume yeah. that that means they'll they'll be helpful know. coaches and I, I think there's like you know in some ways as a personal trainer you are a product and like you have to try and make yourself the best ver- version of the product that you are. And I think like being in shape or trying to hit some PRs or maybe like, you know, getting super lean for a photo shoot, all this stuff like makes sense in the con. It doesn't make you a good personal trainer, but it makes you a more attractive product from someone from the outside. Um, and I think, you know, especially in the online fitness business context, um, you very much are just a product on a shelf of, you know, hundreds of other products and you just have to be really good. Like just an elf on a shelf, <laughs> just an elf on a shelf who teaches people health. One <laughs> <laughs> <What an> ending. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been great. Next episode, um, we are going to dive in to either software. We might do a software one. We might not actually, because we've done a few software episodes recently. And then we're going to talk about the launch checklist and that's going to see us into the new year. So basically January 1st, you'll be ready to launch a fitness business if you listen to all of these. (laughs) All right, guys, see you later. Let's take off. Speak soon. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. 
If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.